Radio International. This is the world. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Tuesday, January 3rd. I'm Marco Werman. Iowa Republicans vote tonight as the economy trumps foreign policy on the campaign trail. Meanwhile, the Pentagon's budget is facing deep cuts. I mean, right now, in real terms, if you count war funding, we're spending more than at any time since the end of World War II. Also, more trouble between Sudan and South Sudan. These two countries had a very messy divorce. Many predicted it wouldn't even happen at all. And now they're living with the aftermath of that messy divorce. That's ahead on The World. BBC News with Ian Purden. A court in London has found two men guilty of killing the black teenager Stephen Lawrence 19 years ago in a case that became a defining moment for race relations in Britain. David Norris and Gary Dobson were convicted of murder. Stephen Lawrence was stabbed to death at a London bus stop in a racist attack by a gang of white youths. The Metropolitan Police initially failed to catch the culprits. In 1999, an official inquiry concluded the force itself was institutionally racist. Here's Matt Proger. It took just two days for the jury to find Gary Dobson and David Norris both guilty of murder. As the verdicts were read out to a silent court, Stephen Lawrence's mother, Doreen, began weeping quietly, comforted by his brother, Stuart. Gary Dobson's mother, Pauline, sobbed loudly in the public gallery. At one point, she could be heard to say... He did not kill that man. As both defendants were led down, Gary Dobson shouted, you have condemned an innocent man in here today. The English Football Association says Liverpool will not appeal against Luis Suarez's eight-match ban for racially abusing an opponent during a match. The suspension will start with immediate effect. The Uruguayan striker was also fined $62,000 for repeatedly calling Senegalese-born Manchester United defender Patrice Evra, Negro or Negrito during a match last October. The United States says it will carry on sending aircraft carriers into the Gulf, despite a warning from Iran to stay away. The Pentagon said the US would continue with naval deployments, as it had done for decades. Earlier, the Iranian military threatened to take action if an American aircraft carrier that recently left the Gulf returned to the area. Our defence correspondent, Jonathan Marcus, reports. The USS John C. Stennis, a Nimitz-class nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, exited the Gulf through the Strait of Hormuz about a week ago, just as Iranian naval exercises were getting underway. Today, as the exercises ended, Iran's army chief warned the Americans to keep their carrier out of Gulf waters for good. The Pentagon, not surprisingly, has issued a swift riposte, a spokesman insisting that the existing pattern of US naval deployments will continue unchanged. The price of crude oil has risen sharply on international markets as a result of the increased tension. The United States has also passed a law tightening financial sanctions on Iran and France is calling for an embargo on the country's oil. Prosecutors in Turkey have filed an indictment seeking life imprisonment for the man who became president after leading a military coup in 1980. Kenan Evren, who is now 94, and another former general are charged with crimes against the Turkish state for overthrowing the elected government. A court must now decide whether to order a trial. World News from the BBC. 
There have been clashes between rival militias in the Libyan capital, Tripoli. Four fighters were killed. Mark Lowen in Tripoli has the details. Abdul Hakim Belhaj of the Tripoli Military Council told assembled reporters that the clash centred on an old intelligence building bombed by NATO during the uprising, part of which contains a prison. A brigade from the city of Misrata came there to try to free prisoners held inside, leading to a confrontation with another armed group from Tripoli. Those killed and injured were from both brigades. It is yet another sign of the continuing security threat posed by the disparate militias comprising former rebels. Thousands of Nigerians have protested for a second day against the removal of a government fuel subsidy. In Lagos, police fired tear gas to try to disperse demonstrators as they chanted anti-government slogans. Other protesters lit bonfires, blocked main roads and forced petrol stations in the city to stop selling fuel. Police sealed off part of the capital.